Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Virkla, and we are going to be talking about the big stories of the week that have appeared at thisiscommonsense.org. That's Common Sense with Paul Jacob, his commentary website he's been working on since 1999. And I should share a screen for a moment. The latest in that story, the story of Netflix's upcoming Cleopatra show, produced by Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, somebody's suing. Are they suing in America? I haven't read the article yet. I just saw the article a moment ago. Wow. That story, which is kind of our iffiest story of the week, you know, Wednesdays, it's not really up our alley exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's not about local government. It's not really even about freedom. It's just about people saying stupid things or doing stupid things, you know. It did kind of show, let's mention this is uh, Queen's Color Guard. It kind of shows that all of this woke, which I saw a poll shows a lot of people like woke things. So maybe you like this, but all this stuff about we have to respect, it always has to be the person of that ancestry that's playing the part of, of someone who's, you know, African, Asian, European, whatever. Yet it doesn't turn out to be that way. They just kind of change it as, as they will. And, you know, in a free world, that would be their choice, and we get to discuss it, and people would likely say, I think that's kind of silly, and maybe the, the Cleopatra movie that uh, that was more realistic would do better at the box office. Shakespeare wrote, you know, Othello, the, a movie, a play, a great play, uh, about... He couldn't a- find anyone to make it into a movie, in fact. It was like... At the time, his, yeah. whole, his whole career, he could never find anyone to turn that into a movie. Queen Elizabeth just wouldn't give him the money. Um, but uh, but the main point is that, I mean, back in those days, the lead character is a black man, uh, a Moor, I think. They call him a Moor in the, in the, in the play, yeah. I think. And uh, in fact, isn't he called the subtitle Moor of Venice or something? Boy, it's been a long time since I've no, I haven't, thought about I, I have that no play. Yeah. yeah, anyway, I mean, so for, you know, hundreds of years white actors put on blackface to play Othello. And that was done into the 50s and 60s, right. I think. Now, it would seem weird to hire a white guy to play Othello because there's lots of black actors to play Othello. Right. It was great that Othello was a character in a Shakespeare play. There were and actually it, lots of black actors way back when, too. But there were... There well, they were in... A, yeah. I don't know. Were there because they were in Africa. There weren't very many black people in... in oh, in, in, are you talking about colonial America or something? Or I'm talking about 1600s uh, oh. Britain. Yeah, it's yeah. Stratford-upon-Avon. I don't think there were a lot oh, of black yes. people there. Oh, and, where, where Shakespeare was trying to get somebody to make the movie. I, yeah, I yeah, there you are. <laughs> but it is... So, I mean, there's a lot of things we could people could debate about, but the point in your piece and the point, obviously, of the people who make a black... Cleopatra against historical evidence is they're trying to do something political. They're trying to make a statement about, you know, who, you know, greatness of a people or something. And actually, I think that's a wrong way to look at history anyway, is that you shouldn't yes. be going to history looking for heroes so much as, I mean, maybe some guidance and what not to do usually. And Cleopatra's career was, you know, I wouldn't say Cleopatra was somebody I'd go to to figure out how to rule a people. 
that's not there's not i can't really see anything in her history that makes me want to do that though she did have a good way to exit life i, I must say that she uh she figured out a good way so I, and i don't know how she ended uh her life or or went out she uh used an asp to uh kill herself what's an asp it's it's a poisonous snake huh uh, in fact, I wrote a poem about this, a, an epigram. Her reach exceeded her grasp, but that doesn't matter. She was grabbing for an asp. So, uh... <laughs> oh my god! There's a whole, there's a whole big beautiful world out there. Uh... <laughs> well, she had some, she had some difficulties, you know, staying alive, for instance. And uh, she was an interesting person. I, I should, you know, she was a Macedonian Greek. And uh, and she, and she was the sixth. She was the seventh Cleopatra in the line of Ptolemaic pharaohs. So uh, that's you know, an interesting I know, story. I know next to nothing about. I mean, I I, I purposely tried to learn nothing about British royalty, but you know, <laughs> occasionally I can guess right on Jeopardy or something. But I mean, I actively do not it was like you're sitting in class do not learn this paul do not remember this uh but i didn't even i didn't even bump into really uh any egyptian history to speak of it took me a long time to get a grasp on british history it's just a problem we have in america because we do have that prejudice i mean you and i obviously because we're both yeah. republicans yeah. or or worse in temperament. So if you've got a rebellion or something i'm i oh let's hear about it but if it's if it's this king then you know came after that king that sounds really boring is too nice a word that was our wednesday uh, story that had a follow-up in the news right now which i haven't really digested yet but i thought it was an interesting follow-up that somebody's suing over the netflix depiction of cleopatra yeah and somebody in egypt is suing netflix but I wonder if they're suing in the United States of America. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't get to the uh, article yet. And uh, I don't see how they could possibly win. Uh, I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense as far as I can tell, but it is a fun story, right? Let me tell you about the biggest story of the week that was largely uncovered. Uh, and I don't mean uncovered as in, oh, we found something. <laughs> I mean, not covered. And that is the shot heard around the world. The uh, April 19th, every year, uh, you know, it, it has a bunch of, you know, Waco was on April 19th. There's been a bunch of different things that have happened on April 19th. It's been a very uh, troubling, interesting, important, and wonderful, wonderful in its importance when the shot was fired in, in Concord, Lexington, in Massachusetts, as the British were uh, coming to seize weapons and seize people like Sam Adams and so on. And I think that it is not covered as the shot heard around the world because we have to hate America, so nothing happening in America can be heard around the world. Uh, we have to be anti the founding um, and we have to be anti guns. And so it's like, it's, it's almost like we live in this weird world where we're the world's greatest superpower that hates itself and is, is like self-destructive um, and not 
and and look, you know, we didn't invent weapons. We don't, you know, it's not like somehow we're superhuman people. Superpower is a BS term that's stupid because there's no threshold between superpower and not a superpower. And, you know, you got to look at numbers and stuff. And and the U.S. is, is uh, no doubt, spends the most on the military and, you know, in that way is is the strongest country, although, you know, that's that's certainly under challenge these days. And um, anyway, it just it's it's um, it's funny that we don't celebrate that day every year. And it's not so funny for me because I do. Every year, I at some point think it's oh, it's the nineteenth, and it's the shot her around the world, and and I don't even confuse it with Bobby Thompson, uh, who hit the other shot, hit baseball. He was uh, played for the Giants. The Giants won the pennant. The Giants won the pennant. That's oh, okay. that's also referred to. Uh, it's Thompson without a P. I'm pretty sure. And uh, he hit a three-run homer and won the pennant for the Giants, and they went to the World Series. Uh, and just huge. And that's, of course, that's back when the Giants were in New York. Um, 59, right before I was born. And I think one of the most interesting uh, baseball questions, you won't appreciate this, but I'll say it because someone out there in TV land will appreciate it. Uh, and that is one of the great trivia questions, I think, because there were only there was only one out. So even if he'd struck out, the Giants would have had another shot. Who was on deck? And the person on deck was a rookie named Willie Mays, who had a great rookie season and had a season where he had a, a career where over 500 home runs and you know one of if 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 not for Hank Aaron would have probably been. You know, uh, he he didn't he didn't beat uh, Babe Ruth, but he uh, he came close. So uh, anyway, what what an interesting thing and a, and a little diversion. But we don't there if we forgot Bobby Thompson and the shot her around the world, which trust me we will never. We shouldn't forget the shot her around the world in 1776, and and we should appreciate not only what um, that has meant to our freedom, um, but what that has meant to the world, I think, in terms of what we've produced economically. Uh, we certainly helped in World War II. Uh, you know, and it's not like we deserve, we didn't do anything. We weren't, I wasn't alive. Um, but but it's, and, and we should, we should, always criticize that's the whole point of america you can't like a bunch of but they deserve criticism this are the whole point criticize all the time please uh don't cease but in all that criticism we ought to recognize differences not not the uh you know we're exceptional god likes us more but real differences which is our first amendment is pretty unique and everyone around the world talks about a free press when they're they're protesting covid in china and they get four seconds to say something else they talk about a free press they talk about that in tiananmen square they talk about that all over the world 
and and uh, and yet we live in a world where parts of India they you know shut down the the internet for a month or two. And imagine what would happen to us and our ability to communicate if they shut down the internet for a month or two or six or a week. Well, it would destroy our economy, so they won't do that here, I don't think. Well, but they but, will, if, if they can shut off parts of it, they will. Right. In fact, right. in a sense, that's what we're arguing about in much of this internet controversy is what parts of the internet does the government get to shut down? Uh, that's kind of what it is. Um, I do want to make one correction to what you said. I think everything yes. you said was impeccable, of course, like usual. But I believe the date was 1775, not 1776 for the shot heard around the world. Oh, you're right. You're right. April 19th. And isn't that uh, covered in the Howard Fast novel, April Spring? That is April morning? I hadn't read that. We'll have to do more. We'll have to party at uh, online at thisiscommonsense.org every April 19th. It's a it's a wonderful day. Lots of times a very nice spring day, and uh, but not not talked about enough. And I should have been carrying a gun on April nineteenth because that's the day that the neighbor's pit bull mauled my dog, and uh, it would have been much easier had I had my pistol on me and shot the dog. Because if ever I've wanted to shoot a dog, it was on April nineteenth, two thousand twenty-three. Yeah. My dog is right, in fact, right around the corner here, sitting quietly underneath my desk. He won't really budge. He's traumatized, utterly traumatized, because he thought the house, you know, that he thought the dogs there were his friends. He had no idea that he was a, he could be considered a, an enemy. Yeah. So I'm not even sure it was the, the uh, actual physicality of it yet. We're, I'm taking to the vet tomorrow, but, uh, but he's pretty traumatized it's uh yeah. it's shell shock that's, that's what it seems yeah. like anyway uh first amendment uh that was the first of the week on monday uh you wrote uh censored under pressure well uh, the censorship finally it broke out after all the threats the twitter files just completely uh you know it, it just it, it gets almost no coverage because there's nothing there other than the fact that we know the government pressured twitter to censor Alex Berenson. And uh, and why? Because he was saying truthful stuff about a disease that people didn't know much about, but that we were somehow in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We were supposed to keep our mouths shut and just believe whatever the government tells us about the pandemic. And and you know we have to recognize that that's what happened. That's what happened. There were some people who were brave, and who spoke out. And and when we think about, and of course, it doesn't make any difference to me because sometimes people who aren't doctors can say really important things to save lives, and and you shouldn't have to have some degree to say what you want to say about medicine. But of course, many of the people who were being shut down, and many of the people who spoke out about things were highly, highly credentialed. Um, and, you know, I mean, you, you have a former CDC director who, you know, basically says Fauci covered up the lab leak and actively tried to block that. Uh, doesn't get much coverage because our media is on the take. Our media is, is so corrupt. And uh, it, it's sometimes, it's hard to, to 
internalize. I, I say that uh, years ago, I came to Washington s- cynical, I thought, and I realized immediately that I wasn't nearly as cynical as I needed to be. And I feel like I've never been able to quite catch up. And it's the, it's the same sort of thing that, that it's, it's hard to fully realize how bad it is sometimes. And the, the, our media is, is a huge part of that. And so the case here is that Alex Berenson is not merely, he's not suing the media. He's actually suing uh, Pfizer, some Pfizer execs, and some Biden administration people for censoring or pressuring a media company, Twitter, to basically rob him of his voice that would otherwise have been there uh, as part of the platform. So that's the case. And the, the, I don't know how far it's gotten yet, but it looks interesting. Yes, I think it's very interesting. And and one of the interesting things to me, you don't know what a court will do, but there's going to be discovery. And they're going to be able to find out not only what transpired between Twitter and the government, but what transpired between Twitter and Pfizer and these other companies and what transpired between the government and Pfizer. And, you know, hopefully they get get it all and then let's find out what it says but you know we already we already know that we live in a dystopian nightmare just to have have a great weekend everyone but uh you know it's we know we live in a dystopian nightmare where there's all kinds of collusion to undermine the basic heart of a free society and that's the ability to for people to speak freely just very sad. Well, do you want to move on to something similar or do you want to move on to just Tuesday's piece, which was make them pay? Well, make them pay, um, I think is is uh it's worth yeah, let's let's go to go there. It's it it reminds me there, there's a new thing now. I mean, this is this is basically that um in California. They're going to change the electric bills to where they will start charging people more if their income is greater. Now, there's not much information yet as to, you know, how they will determine how they find out what people's income are, other than maybe what they file with the state in terms of state taxes and so on. But uh, this is this is more socialism each according to their need, from each according to their ability. I mean, Karl Marx is, he should have moved to California. And and th- it's ridiculous. But we find out later in the week, we haven't written anything about this and, uh, and, and probably won't. It's, I mean, there's so many of these things, you can't cover them all. Uh, we just get five opportunities a week to, to write about it. And but the Biden administration is looking to change the rules so that when people get mortgages, people with higher credit scores, meaning they pay their bills more on time, they're more trustworthy from past experience, they'll have to pay more. And people who are less trustworthy will have to pay less. Now it's it's not to where if your credit score is terrible you're you're going to pay less overall than someone whose credit score is better, but it's to even it up some. But it it really gets to the point where, 
and and they, they I, we wrote about this years ago in admissions to colleges where they were going to have a different scale where if you were from a divorced home or if you were from a high crime neighborhood you'd have a better chance to get in and of course you think well what what are people supposed to do if you're not sure you can afford that all important education for your kid do you and the wife divorce right before they're going to go to college maybe both move into really crime-invested neighborhoods to try to score better on the test. And and what do you do here with the if it if it starts to flip a little bit, are people going to go out? You know, people who pay their bills every month say, "Oh, I need to go out on a big spending spree," and then not you know, and then default on it or something to get my credit score down. Um, this is uh, you know, it's it's the. Uh, Ovonnegut had the the guy who has all the uh, stuff. He's a dancer, but because it's unfair for him to be more fluid in his movements than other people, he has all kinds of weights strapped to him and so on. And uh, I want to say Howard Berenstein or something. What is that? The story is Harrison Bergeron. There you go. I was so close. <laughs> I had we were the, actually kind of close. I had that first letter. It helps. Karl Marx <laughs> going to... Uh, California. How about Karl Marx uh, taking up a residence in Jacksonville, Florida? Yes, this is this is a great story in a lot of ways. And uh, if I, I'd like to go back and and say a few more things about it, this is a story about squatters in Florida. People just moving into somebody's home, an apartment that isn't nobody's in there. They break in. They live there. And lo and behold, a lot of times they don't improve the property. Funny thing how that works. Who'd have thunk? But they are treated in law as if they're tenants who got behind on their mortgage. So there's a little negotiation. We don't want to throw them out on the street, so on, so on. But these are not tenants who fell behind. Which, you know, there's a certain there's a certain law that, you know, if, if a tenant misses, uh, oh, it, it was that they were sick in the hospital, they missed a couple of days. Very few landlords are like moving their stuff out. And of course, there's all kinds of laws that they couldn't even even if they were insane enough to want to do that. But, um, you know, landlords and renters have kind of a symbiotic relationship. They kind of need each other. Because one has housing, the other one needs it. And and the one who has housing really needs money or having that housing wasn't such a good idea after all. So, you know, it, it's, it's a shame in many ways that the marketplace isn't allowed to work there and that the government's so quick to, I mean, you have places in the country where, you know, they've had moratoriums on evictions. And so you got somebody, you know, I read a story the other day. In fact, I think you sent it to me about the guy who the, the person living next to him hasn't paid rent in two years. And, uh, you know, and they can't evict him. And, 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 but they're going to be able to in July. I mean, it's April. There's a, a few more months of, I mean, it's, it's insane stuff. But the funny thing here is that squatters are treated in, as if it's a tort. They're, they're trespassing, so, sort of, although you can have criminal trespass. This is criminal trespass. 
this is not a tenant who lost their job and is struggling to get the the mortgage or the uh, rent paid. This is someone who broke in and is is stealing something from someone. And this is really, this needs to be dealt with as a criminal offense. And it's just a sign that our society expects, which is a good thing. It's a good, it's at its, at its foundation, this idea that, well, we don't think right off the bat that we need laws for people who just break in and start living somewhere because most people don't do that. Most people recognize that's really not the right thing to do. But we're way behind and we we need to catch up because the truth is in a society in which you benefit by breaking in and just taking the apartment you'd like to live in and treating it like crap and then moving on, there's going to be a lot of people do that in the same way that if crime starts to really pay, more people will do it. And, and we as a society seem to be a little clueless on that. And it's funny because I don't think our parents' generation was clueless about that, or the one before, or the one. It, it's like, have we gotten stupid? Well, don't, don't answer that question. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence, uh, if you ever listen to The Jolly Heretic on YouTube, uh, that the white native populations of America are getting stupider, and by the end of the century, we'll have an average IQ of 85. So it's uh, that's that's it. That's an interesting that's an interesting development. And it's uh, you can't blame any other group. It's just it's it, they are getting stupider. That's true. Now, the piece we're talking about is from April 20th. It's it's a crime. We didn't mention it before. I just yeah. started going barreling right ahead without mentioning the piece. It's can be found on this is common like all these pieces. Right. That's what we do here. Uh, but um, are we putting them up on the website now? Yeah, that's kind of the idea. It's a good idea. You know, in the old days, and I don't know how many people even remember this, but you actually, you actually wrote, uh, you actually spoke these and uh, de- delivered them to radio stations, and it was a great program. And uh, you just don't have as much time as you uh, as, as you'd like. You don't. We don't do anything like that anymore. Yeah, I would. I would like to do that some because it was. It you know, radio stations still take stuff like that, and and we we had at different times we paid for different networks to run some of them but most of it probably 90 percent of of our uh airplay was free we sent it to them they agreed they'd run it as they could and they ran it which was which was nice some of them seemed to like it i saw some of the feedback they they, they seemed to love it of course you know they like free airtime you know what was interesting uh early on doing it it's two minutes is uh it was about 250 words is about two minutes and uh, we had a little intro music and exit music and <clears throat> and now you know yeah. all, all kinds of good stuff but uh it was two minutes long and i kept having people tell me you should do one minute two minutes is too long so just in radio like you know they knew radio or something so i called the stations and i didn't have a single person um say i mean they all kind of like two minutes but they asked me we did three a week and we sent it to them and uh they said could you do five because to do it i have to think of something else to i'm plugging in the stuff we're going to run for the week i got to find two other things and that's when we went to five commentaries a week 
And I remember uh, I did it for U.S. term limits, and Harry Rich said, can you come up with five things? And I said, they do a newspaper every day. It's, uh, there's there's no that's the that's the interesting thing there's no i mean i'm sure that sometimes somebody out there goes hey i've kind of heard you say that before because uh, you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of the same crap going on but uh but it's it's boy it's not hard to find things that that you need to comment on especially as the world has gotten crazier we we ended the week Sticking it to the people, uh, a story about Nashville and uh, a story that we don't often talk about. We have a little more frequently the last few years. I talked about it years ago, but it's just it's it's an issue that, you know, we don't have control of of our representative system. Our representatives don't really represent us. And it's the best way to make that happen is small districts where big money doesn't dominate because you can walk to the neighbors, you can you can go door to door, you don't have to buy TV ads. And the truth is you can't demonize your opponent with TV ads because people know your opponent. It's it, communities of 30,000 people and not 760,000 people, small districts at the congressional level, but at all levels. And uh, I'm working with a guy, Stephen Erickson, with the Citizens Rising, uh, and working to try to promote the idea of, of uh, small district democracy. And recently, uh, Stephen had a piece in the uh, uh, Tennessean, the Nashville newspaper, about what's happened in Nashville. And it's kind of funny because uh, the Nashville Metro Council, it used to be Nashville-Davidson, it was Davidson County, and Nashville got big enough that it was Davidson County, and uh, and so now it's just Metro government, and they have 40 council members, and that has been changed by the state legislature to 20, which to me cuts representation in half, pretty much. You're half as important as you used to be to that elected official, and they're going to listen to you maybe half as much. And and the reason it happened is that the Republican-dominated legislature wanted to have the Republican National Convention, the presidential convention in 2024 in Nashville but the liberal Democratic-controlled city government of Nashville didn't want that, and so they blocked it. That irked the legislature, and they decided we'll give you half as many reps. And it, it, there's a lot of legal thinking. A court has come in and stayed it for right now because there's elections coming up, and it was, it was kind of too quick. But a lot of legal thinking that the legislature can indeed do what it did from a legal standpoint and, uh, and local governments are creatures of the state government that's where the power emanates from and and uh, in our system and and so but it's a terrible thing to do and i mentioned i don't like this council i had a piece in the wall street journal back in 2018 the fifth time that the council forced the citizens of nashville to have to vote on term limits again Either we tried it, it was passed by a big number, council came back two years later, 
and wanted to get rid of it altogether. They came back two years, uh, they got told no. They've been told no every time. They came back two years later and wanted to lengthen it, no. They came back like uh, eight years after that, another attempt to weaken, I can't remember whether it was to repeal or weaken. Anyway, they've done it again and again. So if it was just to punish them, I'd be all for it. But of course it punishes the people that's the whole ball game of if you're talking about representative government and then you never never give another thought about actually being represented by anybody i mean isn't that crap isn't that just this is pro forma we call it representative government and some big commissar who you know is sitting over 750,000 people that's the average district size at, at the congressional level he decides and you can go you can go beg and plead him to do whatever you want but you've got no power you've got no representation or we have a real system of representation and i think there are uh we saw you sent me that one uh, video of uh i'm i'm going to forget his name um Brian McClanahan Yes, who's who I'd like a lot of his stuff and and agree with him kind of generally on on things. And he's a big federalist. He hates the fact that that everything's decided at the national level. He's right about that. Um, and and you know, federalism is a great thing that we actually gave the Swiss, which is Switzerland's one of the best governed countries in the world. They will tell you we copied the federalist system in the United States of America, we should now copy our own system back from the Swiss because we've given it up and become a, a federal state. And it is a problem. You mean a national state. We've become a national state. Yes, yes, yes. Um, federally controlled or or controlled by the federal government, I guess. The federalism part, um, yeah, anyway. Back at the time of the founding, they called the central government the general government. Yes, yes. Anyway, this is an issue that that I'll be talking about more and more. Um, but it's it's like a lot of things. It's very difficult to get anywhere because I think, and we're talking with people in different places who are looking to maybe do an initiative and and try it out. I think there's going to be tremendous opposition because the last thing that the powerful interests on the left, the public employees unions and others, last thing they want are a bunch of representatives who listen to the people instead of them. And the last thing that big business and, and more of the powers on the right are going to want is for them to be listening to the people instead of listening to the to those special interests and so it's it's uh i think it's a it's a david versus goliath but uh so get your slingshots ready that's all five stories of the week that you wrote on thisiscommonsense.org and a little talk about the shot heard around the world and and the american revolution uh, to boot but i've got something else i wanted to and and i'll ask you I should have told you ahead of time, uh, but I'll I'll send you a copy of it. You can show people. But sometimes, like last weekend on the the uh, podcast, we had a a uh, uh, and it's AI art, but it was something that uh, Jim Gill put together that I just think is spectacular looking. 
And uh, and I just wanted to show people that, that uh, on the weekend uh, and at other times, uh, I think some of the artwork is uh, is worth the price of admission, which is free, but I'll send you a copy of it so you'll know what I'm talking about. So you can put it up as we're talking so people can actually see it. Okay. All well, right. that's a week. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.